Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Couple in the garden. They were perfect, weren't they? Perfect in everything. And God said, all's yours. Now, they've been, never been depressed. They never had, had a headache. They never had to pay a phone bill. Or they didn't have to drive in traffic. They just simply were perfect in all ways. But how many knows God gave them a choice? He wanted them to serve him because they wanted to. And he says, you can have everything I've put here for you, but don't eat of that tree. And we know the, how it ended up. They ate the tree, sin came in their life, and adversity began to be birthed in the world. That's where it all started. And as a result of that, we weren't made perfect. How many know that? Now, if you're sitting beside a perfect person, move away because their power will just disintegrate you <laughs> if they're perfect. But we all know none of us are perfect. How many agree none of us are perfect? And so we have all kinds of things we go through. For instance, back at one time in this world, they taught the earth was flat. It was not round. And so the shippers would send their ship so far, and then they would stop and turn around and come back because they thought if they went any further, they'd fall off the earth. It's in history books. You can find that. And so one day they were going towards this area. They was getting ready to turn around because they thought the earth was flat and they would fall off. And big winds come and push them beyond where the earth they would fall off, and they realized for the first time that they could sail around the world because it wasn't flat at all. It was round. Now, how many knows that was an adversity because in the minds of men, they started and said things like, the earth is flat. It's not round. Therefore, we only are limited to go so far, and we have to turn and come back. I remember when Kennedy made this statement, we're going to go to the moon. How many remember that? If you can't remember that, that's because you weren't of our generation. And you know what people begin to say? If God wanted us on the moon, he'd have put us there. And it can happen. It won't happen. But we realize as time passed, they begin to test rockets and there was problems. There was some that had lost their lives. But how many knows America did go to the moon? And America did plant a flag there. And though the, there's people in the world today believe that was all staged. That Hollywood staged that just to make us believe we went to the moon. And you know what? If you believe that, that's an adversity because they're robbing you of the fact it really happened. When they were building an airplane, they said it won't fly. If God wanted us to fly, we have wings. Isn't that true? And so somebody said, I'm not going to believe that. I believe we could build a plane, and I believe it could fly. And so when people mocked, said it'll never work, you'll never be able to fly, they did not listen to that report, but they were determined to build a plane 
And the first plane took off and flew just a few feet. And then they began to say, well, it flew, but it won't go far. That's all the plane will ever do. But yet people refused to believe that and they kept working on them. And now we get on a plane and we can fly around the world. And in a matter of hours, I can get on a plane and in about 18 hours I can be in Africa or some other nation simply because some men refused to believe that bad report and went on and said, yes, we can. In life, we have adversities. How many knows that? But Jesus said these words, with God, all things are possible if we believe. And so things happen to us, and it looks like there's no answer, and yet God is always there. And before you and I went through it, he knew we'd be going through it. Maybe not he wanted you to have to go through it. Maybe he didn't want you to have that medical test. But you, he knew you would. But what he wants is for you to reach out and believe him that in the adversity that you're going through, he's going to be there for you. We, I got a call Monday, a precious couple that worked with us for years, been our friends. And on the other end of the line, a man was weeping and sobbing. And uh, I, I was tr trying to listen to him, and he tried to talk to me. And every time he would, he'd have to stop. And finally he said, my daughter's dead, 30 years old. And so all of a sudden, him and his wife, and, and, and they're grieving. I mean, anybody would grieve, right? And yet, God would be there for them. And God would help them. And so I've been talking to him on the phone, and I'd said to him, God's there with you. And I would pray, and I'd say, you know what? Uh, you're going to win through this thing. You're, you're not a loser. You're not a victim. You're going to win. And so it's how we look at a problem will determine whether the adversity destroys us or that we would have victory in the midst of it. How many knows every opportunity in life comes with an adversity? And how you react to that will determine what you're able to do and what you're able to experience. I was raised and told that miracles were for the early church, not for us. And I went to a school, and they taught us that miracles were real, but only for the early church. So I got, became a pastor. And so people would come and say, I'm sick, I want you to pray. And I thought, I wish you wouldn't do that. Because miracles aren't for today. They were just for the early church. But I didn't tell them that, but that's what I was thinking. But being a pastor, you don't want to offend them, so you got to pray for them. And so I thought of the scripture, I'd read it, if you lay hands on the sick and pray the prayer of faith, the prayer of faith to save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. So I laid hands on this lady, the first person I ever prayed for praying to discomfort her. I really probably didn't think she was going to get healed. But I didn't want to make her mad. 
And so I was praying for her, and when I got done, she said, I'm healed. And I thought, you are? Because there had been an adversity planted in my life that God's not going to do that today, and he won't do it today, but it was only the early church to get it started he would do those things. And so I, I thought about this miracle, and I know I have no power in my hands. Sometimes my hand's greasy, sometimes it's cold, sometimes it's hot, sometimes it's rough. And I know there's no miracle in my hands. But I do know the Bible said, if we lay hands and pray, God will heal them. So you know how I got the ministry of seeing miracles? Out of unbelief. Praying, and God did it, and I had to come to grips with even though I have struggles and it doesn't seem possible, but with God it is possible. I was preaching for a friend of ours. All the pastors here know who it is without me calling his name. And this couple walks in the back door, and I'm the evangelist there to do miracles. And I leaned over to him, and I said, you know what? I got a feeling about this couple. And he said, what's that? And I began to tell him what I felt about him. He said, who talked to you? And I said, nobody. He said, did you hear somebody talking about him? I said, no. He said, Harry, don't you know what that is? That's a gift God gives you. You need to call him out and tell him what you just told me. Because I just told him. They were in my office and said those things. And so people came in, two, three, and I leaned over to him. I said, what about this couple? And he said, you know what? And, I, and he said, that's God. And I thought, well, if God can use a donkey to speak to the prophet, maybe he can give me donkey ministry. That I can speak to people by a gift that God gets. And so over the years, God has helped me and used me. With all of my problems and all of my own shortcomings, it's not about me. It's about who he is. And so we all have adversities and we all go through things. But the problem many times is the adversity becomes bigger than God. And the problem becomes bigger than God. Instead of us saying God's bigger than this and God's going to help me no matter what it looks like and he's going to make a way and he's going to comfort me in the situation I'm in if I look to him. How many are glad you didn't ride a horse to church tonight? Some of you, I'd like to see you riding a horse to church. That'd be, we could video it. But when they talked about making a car, they said if God wanted us to ride in the car, he'd have gave us one. He gave us horses. You say, well, my grandpa rode one. I don't, he probably did, but I don't see you riding one. And so when they tried to come up with the car, how many knows they had all kinds of problems? And people say it's never going to work. It's, they'll never buy it. But yet all of us, we got a parking lot full of them out there. Full of those things they said never would work. How many knows that's true? In the kingdom of God, there are adversities. You and I are going to go through things. It's going to look so impossible. It looks like all the hell's going to win. But I want to tell you, if God be for us, who can be against us? And greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And in the midst of adversity, instead of looking and saying, what am I going to do? We need to look to him and say, you're going to help me. 
And no matter what it looks like, you're going to bring me through it. And now I'm barely going to come through it, but I'm going to come through it with great victory. I had, I had a person come to me one time and said, will you pray that God gives me grace that I'm not going to be afraid to die? And I just, trying to be kind, I said, you don't need dying grace, you need living grace. Because God don't give you dying grace until that day you're ready to die. And the Bible said, though I walk through the valley's shadow of death, I don't have to fear, he's going to be with me. And so we're always wanting something we don't need, and then when we need something, many times we, we don't believe for it. How many knows that's true in our lives? And I want to tell you, no matter what the adversity is in your life, there's a God that's going to be there to meet it. Pastor preached on Jim Zavala, the pastor of Brooklyn Tabernacle. I don't know if you're aware of it, but when he took that church, it was falling apart. Just a few people. The building was horrendous. Nobody wanted it, but he took it. And pastor shared they begin to pray, and people begin to get saved. People that no other church wanted. People that had much problems in their life. But today it's one of the finest churches in America. If you like choir music, their choir is as good as anything. You ought to get a CD of them. And it's full of people that were drunks, prostitutes, all kinds of sinners that met Jesus Christ. And today they're a living testimony of what can do in the adversity of life, how God can change it and bring glory to the kingdom of God. And so whatever adversity we're going through today, God will be there. How many loves to read about the miracles in the Bible? But none of us want to be in prison. In the back part of it, where sewage is back there and you're back there and they don't like you and they're condemning you because you're trying to live for God. We love it when we read about Daniel. They threw him in the lion's den and God gave the lion's lockjaw. Can you imagine being that line, and you're looking up, and you see him, the girl throws something, you go think, wow, that'd be a good meal. And the lion's siding his old tail's wagging, and can't wait till they throw him in the lion's den, and they throw him in, and as he's dropping, by the time he's there, where they can eat him, they have lockjaw. And they're going, <laughs> now that's adversity, how many knows it? But in adversity, if you're looking to God, he'll always be there. And he'll always be with you. And he'll always meet your need. And he feels your hurt. He feels what you've been through. Jesus feels that. And he paid a price that no matter what you're going through, he will be there to help you. I'm glad they made the car. I'm glad there's airplanes because it's not Pastor Wilson and I, when we lived in Africa, we'd had to take a ship and it would took months to get there. You think 15-hour plane ride's bad? How'd you like to spend three or four months on a ship being tossed around and get seasick because you want to go preach to God? I'm glad they come up with planes. I said, I am. I'm glad for air conditioning. I remember as a boy living in Indiana, 100% humidity, 
100%. And all we had was a window fan. And I remember laying in bed, be ringing wet, and get up the next day and take a bath. We didn't have any shower, we had a bathtub. And go outside and be ringing wet again. I'm so happy that I can run in a building and be cool. So if you hate air conditioning bodies, you just have compassion on me and say, thank the Lord he likes the air conditioning, so I'm going to like it too. We go through adversity, don't we? There's times when it, the money don't balance. There's times when physically we're going through something and it, our minds begin to flood with the negative what if. It's, it's called adversity. We get a bad report and yet, listen, we can make a choice to say, I know in whom I believe and I'm persuaded that he's there for me and he will be with me and my blood pressure might be 200, but God's the God of the blood pressure and the worst thing could happen to me, I could just get healed and go to heaven. But in adversity, there will always be a miracle for me. That's why he said, my ways are not your ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. And so I want to encourage you, if you're here tonight, and you're facing something that looks impossible and you're going through, I want you to know God knew you was going to go through it. And when Jesus hung on the cross, he knew you was going to have to go through it. And the nails didn't hold him. The soldiers couldn't hold him. He willingly stayed on the cross for that problem you're going through right now to give you victory, that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Adversity is an opportunity to see the Lord. We have a friend the pastor's in Tucson. He was going to go out to Pioneer Church, got in a wreck with another friend that we know, ended up paralyzed. People in the church that he was in said it's not God's will for him to go and start this church. This is God's judgment on us. And so they decided to send him anyway, pastor did. Today he runs a church of a thousand people probably out of a wheelchair he could have quit. He could have said, you know what? I'm just giving up. But he pressed on. He pressed towards that mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. And that's what we're to do. When we have an adversity, we're to press on and believe God anyway. And we get a bad report, say, no, I'm believing the good report. And when they say there's no hope, say, oh, no, there's always hope if you know who I belong to. I belong to the family of God. And in the midst of adversity, we'll see him. They asked Babe Ruth, what do you do if you strike out? He said, I get up next time and hit a home run. You know, Babe Ruth struck out as much as any player that's ever played baseball, percentage-wise. But we don't remember him striking out, do we? We remember that people are paying thousands of dollars for a ball he wrote his name on. We remember a man that he was a huge guy. He pitched, 
He batted. Everything was against him, but he refused to be a victim of adversity, and he ended up one of the great ball players in the history of baseball. See, there's joy in adversity when you know he's with you. How many want to feel God with you? Well, he's always with you. Yeah, but I don't feel him when things are going bad. That's because you and I go by what we see or what we feel. But we don't go by what we see. Look not at what you see, the Bible said, but what you don't see. For what you see is temporary, but what we don't see is eternal. There's an eternal God there for you and me when everything's going wrong, and we need to look to him and not be moved by what's happening, but be moved by who we belong to. There was a school teacher in Russia and he got saved. And so he was keeping some little kids after school and sharing the gospel with them. This was back when you weren't allowed to preach or share. And so somebody reported him. One of the parents of one of the kids that was staying for his little Bible class reported him. And so the authorities come in, grabbed him and the kids and took him out in the schoolyard. They took bamboo rock sticks and drammed them in the kids' ears so they couldn't hear anymore. They pulled his tongue out and cut it off and left him to die in his blood, choking to death. And I tell you this to tell you something. Though it was a horrible thing, the kids heard. And they had accepted Jesus. And the horrible thing that death he had, at least... He took the adversity, you couldn't talk about Jesus, and you couldn't teach about Jesus, and he did not let that bother him. He went on and did it, and I believe there's kids in heaven, and he's in heaven today, because in the midst of that adverse problem, he did what we should do every time in our life, is trust God and see God in it. But you know, sometimes... We do what Babe Ruth didn't do. We strike out and thought, well, ain't no sense trying to strike out again. They asked General Patton, what should you do if you're defeated? He said, take a risk and engage the enemy again. He's not known for his lost battles. He's known for a great leader that no matter what was happening, he didn't quit, and he became a victorious leader because that's how he thought. That was a horrible day when the shuttle went up and exploded. They were sending a school teacher for the first time into space, and kids were gathered in classrooms. She was going to teach by video all these kids from space. As it's being launched and it goes up, there was a leak. It exploded. We lost all the astronauts. Everybody said, God didn't like this. We need to stop. But you know what? There were some people in the space program saying, we're not stopping. We're going to the moon. We're not stopping. We're going to explore space. And today, now they're ready to go back to the moon. Because they never let adversity stop them, they pressed on. You know, as a Christian, I speak for myself, and I trust you can identify with this. It's a time to press on. 
It's a time to be more vile, like the Bible said, for the kingdom. It's a time to believe for a great and mighty move of God. It's a time to see the power of God in our midst like we never dreamed was possible. Because God has great things for us if we're not hampered by the adversity and the doubt the devil tries to defeat us with. I got a phone call today. It really helped me get this message. And this man said, can I talk to you a minute? He said, you came to Yuma, Arizona when Mike Maston was pastoring. And I came to that service that night because my wife was driving me crazy. I wasn't a Christian. So I said, if you get off my back, I'll go one time. So they came and I was preaching in the four square church, a little tiny church, maybe held 50 people, 60 at the most. And so I was going to pray for a miracle. And I said, if you've never seen a miracle, I challenge you to come down. He said, well, I thought nothing to lose. I'll come down and see if you can give a miracle. And he said, when I came down, you prayed. And this older gentleman was healed. And he said, I gave my life to Christ that night. He said, you came back to Yuma later uh, under a different pastor, but the same church. And I was in the church. You didn't remember me. You couldn't have remembered me. And he said, out of the whole crowd, you said, brother, I would stand up. And he said, I stood up. And he said, here's what you said to me. You said, God wants me to tell you, you're going to get a great promotion on your job. So I'm waiting to see what he's going to tell me next. Because sometimes if I feel led God to do it, the devil harasses me and says, what if God doesn't? Now, I know he never does you that way, but he does me. And he said, you know what? He said, I just retired, but I was a big wheel in the barter guard thing in the United States. I got promoted way up high. I was in the top of it and the top people, and he said, that was word from God you gave me that came to pass. Now, when I gave that word, I'm sure I went back to my motel that night, and the devil probably said to me, what if you don't get a promotion? You told him he's going to get one. You told him the Lord told you he's going to get one. Because how many knows the devil's faithful to talk to you? And if he's not talking to you, it's because you're dead. You're, you're that one dead in Christ. But he's always telling us what if. How many knows the devil is the pastor of what if? And so he said, you know, I've never told you that, but I called you because I want you to know. He said, I, I'm sure you wonder from time to time what happens when you minister to people. I just want you to know God did exactly what God told you to tell me. I've laid hands on people, prayed for them. They said they were healed. And I go back to my room, devil says, ah, they just think they're healed. Thoughts will be flooding my, and then I'll have to get up the next day and do it again. Because I was traveling doing nothing but revivals. But see, we can't go by these thoughts our thoughts sometimes are carnal. They're opposite of God. We, how many will say this Bible is totally 100% God's Word? 
If you do, raise your hand. Then how come if it don't work out, you'll doubt it and I'll doubt it. Well, Lord, you said you'd heal me and I'm not healed. So maybe it's up to your will to heal me. Or you said you'd bless me, but I don't feel blessed. So maybe you didn't want to bless me. But see, that's that adversity. The devil will challenge you and me when we're believing. And says, well, God can, but what if he don't? Well, you know what we need to do to adversity? Say, you know what? They sailed around the world. They built a plane. How many remember the first cell phone? I seen a picture this guy has that looks like a, a suitcase. He's showing up to his ear. When Dick Tracy in the comic books, for you pups that don't know who we're talking about, there used to be a guy named Dick Tracy in the comics, and he had a watch that he could talk on. People say, that'll never happen. How many of you got a watch you can talk on? A few of us. You ought to have one. It's pretty nice. I, listen, I get this watch. I don't even know how it works. But they say I don't have to have my phone with me, so I left it at home. And I'm in McDonald's, and my watch rings. And this older couple's watching me. And I say, hello. And I'm talking. I get done. And this, this older gentleman said, could you come here a minute? He said, are you Dick Tracy? He said, were you really talking on that watch? I said, yeah, I was. Now, 20 years ago, they'd say you would be insane if you believed you could talk on a watch. They'd say you would be insane when they built that computer that took a big room just for the computer to think you're carrying a phone that's better than that computer ever was. And you're talking to somebody that you've never met called Siri. One time I was talking to her and I asked her a question. She said, I don't understand you. She thought I had an accent. I think it was. But whoever dreamed you could say, Siri, what time is in Vegas? And she'll say, it is 6.15. What's the temperature? Oh, it's windy in Kingman. How does Siri know that? I, how many's ever met Siri? You met her? In person? Oh, you met her on your phone. But you know, if you go back 30 years, people think you're nuts if they'd hear you today. But somebody said, what's impossible, we're not going to let it hinder us. We're going to build a cell phone. We're going to build a phone that you don't have to have a wire attached to it. And we're going to build a phone that's going to be a computer and take pictures. A phone taking pictures. Kodak got mad, I'm sure, that they had to quit making cameras because we use our phones. But see, you have to dream big, don't you? You have to believe that everything seems so impossible is possible. And while it looks like a total defeat is the opportunity to see victory. And that's what the Word of God is. When everything looks bad, it looks impossible. People say it's not for today. It's not going to work. Or the devil tells you God's not going to help you. God's not going to meet your need. God's not with you. you got to stand up and say, I am not going to be stopped by the negative things and the things that are lies. I'm going to believe God in everything. 
So I have a question to ask. And I want you all to be honest. How many think we ought to be honest? If you think you ought to be honest, raise your hand. How many believe God can fill this church? How many believe God can use you to bring them? So if we really believe that, when you go to Walmart, you don't say, there's not a parking place anywhere. <laughs> Do you see that guy? He's young. He should have parked over in the other place. And gave me a say, we ought to look for an opportunity to bring people in. To witness and tell people Jesus loves them. Did somebody tell you Jesus loved you? Did you hear a sermon? Did somebody invite you to church? And I want to tell you something. It's God's will to build a church here. God wants to build a big church here because he's a big God. I said he's a big God, and he wants to build a powerful church, and we've got to believe that, and we've got to say, here, my Lord, use me. And I'm going to do everything I can to share the gospel with people and to get them into the church so they can have experience with Christ and be born again and make heaven their home. You know what? I probably would have said and probably did say, I don't know if I did or not, you can't have a watch that's going to ring and talk on it. But I'm glad whoever made it that way didn't believe that. And there was a time I wasn't sure God would heal people. It was his will. And I really dreaded people asking me to pray they get healed because I wasn't sure God was healing. And so I felt like I had to go through emotion and pray and not really believe it was for today because that's what I was told. But I thank God that lady made me pray for her. And I thank God he healed her. And I thank God that God took these old hands. And when I lay them on people and pray, that he's healed people. I know I didn't heal them. I know I'm not a miracle worker. But I do know in whom I believe. And I do know that his word is true. And it will do if we believe what he said he'll do. And therefore, God uses us simply because we refuse to let the negative of the devil come in our mind and destroy us. You know the devil wants to rip off the person in your chair? His main job is to rip off that person sitting in your chair tonight. But you know what we got to do? We got to rise and say, no, not me. You ain't ripping off my inheritance. You ain't ripping off my destiny. You're not ripping off the destiny of this church. And people getting healed and delivered by the power of God. And a great outpouring where people will come in here and God will be so real, they'll call upon him and get saved. But the question is, and I close with this thought tonight, will you let the adversity you feel that's happening to you now, will you let it become an opportunity to see the glory of God? Because... When you can't do it yourself and you can't handle the problem yourself, if you look to him, he'll walk with you through it. When I talked to this couple on the phone when he called me, my heart was broken because I know this girl. I know when she was this big, you say, Pastor Hills, take me to Africa. I watched her grow up. I watched her husband minister. I mean, her father, excuse me, minister. 
they've helped us, Joni and I, in our church in Oregon. They helped us in Tempe. They helped the church over in Australia. And they passed through two different churches in California. You know what I could say to them? You know, it's, I can't say to you, I feel what you feel, because they never called me or knocked on my door and said, your daughter's dead. You, you can't know what somebody feels unless you've been through it. But I said, you know what? This is an opportunity for you two to see God. And through her death, this is an opportunity for people to come to Christ. And we don't understand how life plays out sometimes. It seems so unfair. But I said to him, I said, God's got your back, brother. God's got your back. Look to him through this. And though it, you're hurting and I can't feel what you feel, I want you to know Jesus has already felt it. He already knew she was going to pass away before she did. He knew he was going to get a call. But he knew when you got the call, he'd be standing there waiting with you. And he's going to help you. And this is not the end. It's called eternity. We're not of this world. We're of a different world. And one day, he'll wipe away every tear. One day, he'll give us joy unspeakable like we've never had before. And we'll be in a perfect situation where we'll never get a negative call again. We'll never have another problem again, but we'll be in the joy of the Lord. We believe that tonight, don't we? So I just want to encourage you and me as I close. This town is full of people that's hurting. Every time I pass the hospital, I'm thinking, I wonder how many people sit there and they're by the bed of someone's dying and they feel so helpless. And they don't know that Jesus could help them at this time because they've never had a church. Do you know there's people in this town that's probably never been to church in their life? Do you know, you know why we're growing? It's not just because houses are cheaper here. God's bringing people in, setting up this town for a move of God. And we can't see it. We can't see it. The traffic is bad. Go to a big city. You'll see how it traffic's bad. You'll sit on freeways for four hours and move a half a foot. But God's going to do something. I said, God's going to do something. And we can either believe the lie of the devil and the adversities of everything. Well, our parking lot might not be big enough. Well, who cares? Some of us can park on the streets and give them room. But some of them would be crazy. Well, you were crazy in some way before you got saved. You might not smoke, drink, or chew, or went with a girl to do, or a guy did. But I'm telling you, it's crazy till you met Jesus. You was an accident looking for a place to happen. That's what we were. But thank God Jesus has touched us. And Jesus touching people here. And I want to tell you, in the midst of adversity, don't let it stop us. If you're going to stop, stop and plant your feet. 
and say, I know who I believe, and I have an inheritance. He's going to give us the heathen for our inheritance, and he's going to heal people for our inheritance. He's going to bless people for our inheritance and help us with our finances and everything we have need of, and therefore adversity is not going to control us. We are controlled by the Word of God that if God be for us, who can be against us? You know, if you're here tonight, listen, I'm going to give a specific altar call, and I don't expect everybody to come. But maybe you've went through a terrible thing just recently, and you've been struggling, and you can't seem to shake, and I want you to come. We're going to pray with you. I want you to get up while I'm talking, if, if I'm talking to you. I don't know who you are, but if you'll come down here, we're going to pray, and you're going to know that God's going to help you and meet that need. Anybody else want to come? Just Come. You're just saying, I've been facing some things, and I'm going to turn this and believe God for a miracle in my life. Don't you think that's what we should do? We're going to believe God for a miracle Amen. in our lives, and we're not going to be moved by what we've been through. We're going to be moved by who we belong to. Amen. You know, the secret formula to this when I ask you to come down is simply one thing. You've got to decide and just put the stake down tonight. I am not going to be moved by my adversity or my emotions or what it looks like. I'm going to be moved that God's here with me and God's going to help me and I'm going to be more than victorious through him. Do you all believe that? Amen. So I'm going to lead you into prayer and then our prayer team's going to come down and pray with you uh, before we close. I'm going to lead you into prayer right now. I want you to pray say, Lord, I'm thankful that the Word of God is true. Not my circumstance, but your Word says that you're with me. And you knew what I would be facing. And you knew how impossible in my mind it might seem. But I'm going to believe you. I can't figure it out. But you've already figured it out. And I'm going to give you this thing right now. And I'm going to walk away from this place and rejoice that things are changing. And you're going to help me. And I refuse to be moved by what I see. But I, I will be moved by what you said in your word. That you're for me. And you're going to meet every need I have in Jesus' name. So you that are up here, the prayer team is going to stay a few minutes and pray with you, help you. And anybody else needs prayer. But the rest of us, it's time to arise. Did you hear what I said? It's time to square our shoulders and say, we're going to believe God no matter what looks like this town, no matter what it looks like, we're believing God for an outpouring of Him. Amen. How many believe that's possible? Amen. So you that submit your seats, stand up, lift your hands, and thank God for what He's about to do in our midst tonight. Amen. Let's praise Him. Hallelujah. We praise you. We thank you for your word that's true. We thank you that God, you're going to do a miracle 
You're going to build this church powerfully, and we're going to see a great outpouring on us, and we're seeing people saved, and backsliders are going to come home, and we just want to thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.